Hello, it's Julie's story. Welcome back to another episode of my podcast. I am so glad that you're here. If you're new here, thank you so much for listening. This is the place where you're going to get ridiculous stories. You're going to get wisdom dropping like it's hot. I say things like dropping like it's hot. I don't know where that came from, but that's okay. We just roll with it. We just roll with it. We're re- really relaxed around here. Um, today, we're so relaxed. We're doing coffee and convo, which pretty much just means that I've got my coffee here and I'm just going to throw at you random stories to hopefully make your day better so that you can laugh at life so that you can feel a little bit more joy in your day. I hope that's what this podcast gives you because y'all, and I don't even say y'all that much. I only say y'all when it's really serious. <laughs> like, I don't, where does that even come from? I'm from Florida. Florida's like a melting pot. Anyway, it's, it's, it's getting real. It's getting real and life is hard. And I realized in the past couple years that life was so crazily hard for me that one thing that I did to like escape and find solace was, um, like watching YouTube videos of like people, you know, being ridiculous and funny. And I thought, you know what? I want to give back in that way. I want to share some of my personality and my stories and give back. So that's why we're here. So thank you for listening and thank you for being here. So this week in my house, there are six puppies. I'm going to pause for dramatic effect. There are six puppies at my house. Why are there six puppies at your house, Julie? Well, let me tell you, my friend's dogs had a litter and last year I helped him sell his puppies. They didn't come over. I just went over to his house. I dressed up all of his little dogs in like little blankets and it was so cute and so fun and snuggly. It was great. But this year he asked if I would take the puppies because he works a lot and I work from home. So I'm thinking this will be no problem. When I was growing up, my mom had had a dog. We bred her. She had six puppies. So like I kind of knew, okay, you know, you put them in a pen, you change out the pads. It's no big deal. These puppies are different because they're absolute geniuses. I don't know what was wrong with my mom's dogs. I don't know, like just maybe a different breed. But the dogs we have here are geniuses. And they're already half the size of Lucy. And Lucy's not here. She's on vacation um, with her best friend, my sister's dog. Her favorite place in the world to go is over to my parents' house because my mom spoils the heck out of her. So when my mom and I are in the room, I am no longer the alpha. My mom is the alpha to my own dog. Um, not bitter at all. Just, um, you know, we're just healing, just going to counseling for that. But in any case, there's six dogs here that are geniuses and they're getting stronger every day. And they're going to be amazing pets for their forever home when they find them. Which speaking of, if you need a puppy, let me know. But right now for me, it's not, um, it's not great because they're so smart. So they have learned that let's say I go into the backyard and call them, they have learned, oh, if I come, I have to be put away. I have to be put in my little pen or whatever. So they love running and they're, they're such stinkers. They're so smart. They're like, if I just get close enough, I can feel like we're close. We're, we're like have a moment and then they'll be about a foot away and then I'll go to reach out for them and they'll be like, no nope bye and they run because they're like we do not want to go in our cage so there's definitely a naughty and nice list around here of the puppies the the most naughty ones are the smartest ones so 
So that's what's going on. It's funny because before they came over, my husband and I had a moment. Um, it was a moment, you know, those moments that you don't share on Instagram and like, you don't like turn on your Facebook live and like, Hey, we're having a moment. It was a moment that went something like, Hey babe, this is me talking. We can take these six puppies and it will be fine. And it will be no problem at all because you know, I'm, I romanticize everything. And Andre's like, well, you know, um, you know, what's going to happen when they get here? And I was thinking, I've had six puppies before. My mom's dog had six puppies. It was totally fine. No big deal. Um, and so I was like, babe, like, seriously, it's not a big deal. They're just going to be in this little thing. And like, I had a million reasons why it was going to be extraordinarily less work than it actually is. And he says to me, well, um, are you like, are you sure? Like, I'm just concerned. And he listed off, you know, logical things to be concerned about actual things that have happened since the puppies got here, all these things. But me being, um, me and an emotional woman, all I'm thinking is cute little puppies that snuggle your neck and that, you know, kiss your little cheeks. And, and I'm just like totally enamored by the idea of having puppies here. And my husband is thinking six puppies is a lot of work. And I'm like, nah, stop. yeah, it is. Um, one puppy is no big deal. One exceptionally smart dog, no big deal. Six exceptionally smart dogs is a bigger deal. So that's what we've been doing this week. This past week was the Thanksgiving break. So my husband was here with me. And about two days in, we both said to each other, if we had a newborn, a newly birthed, beautiful, mixed little baby, which everyone asks us if we're going to have a baby, by the way. I'll get there in a second. If we had a little baby, this baby would be probably 25 times less work than these six dogs. Mainly because a baby, you know, you you kind of have three guesses as to what's wrong. We're tired, we're hungry, we need to be changed. That's about it. And most of the time with a baby, you can just get away with just holding them and they'll sleep or whatever and it's a baby. Um, these, these are like walking infants that don't um, communicate at all. Instead, they just run. They just run and play. So we just got to the like day two and we're like, oh my gosh, if we had a newborn. And then I thought about the fact that there are women out there who have multiple babies. And um, is this what it's like? <laughs> is having six puppies, does there any way to relate? Like, I mean, obviously babies are just so much more intrinsically valuable and amazing and all those great. Of course, there's like such a deeper connection with your own child. Like that's not even on the table. I'm just talking about practical day-to-day keeping the puppies alive and keeping the child well cared for and nurturing. What's the huge difference? The huge difference is a pup, like six puppies, I think is way more than uh, a newborn. To give you any indication of having six, I don't know there's people out there that have six dogs. Do you have six dogs? My husband said that his 17 four-year-olds are easier than these six brilliant puppies. I'm wondering if there's like, if there's an IQ test for dogs, because if there was one, 
all of these dogs would be like just puppy geniuses. Like maybe that should be like a new documentary series. So that's what we have going on in our house right now. And also what's going on in our house at the same time, there are these six puppies. My sister, who's like my amazing boss, babe, sister, genius woman, who's also my best friend is her birthday is in December. Okay. Because she's that person who has to be extra. Not only is she extra, she's so extra. She had to be born in the most extra month with the most difficulty in planning any birthday parties whatsoever because Christmas is coming. So I decide this year that I want to throw her a birthday party. And, um, you know, I don't know if you follow me on my Instagram or fo- everything we do is over the top. You've heard in the, in one of my most popular podcasts was, am I that mom? I think that's the one where we talk about birthday parties. So I decide I'm throwing my sister a birthday party and I just immediately start going on Pinterest and start taking notes because it has to be the most extra extravagant birthday party in the history of birthday parties, also on a budget. So one of the things that's really, really interesting and fascinating to me is one, Dave Ramsey, because uh, let's just be honest, emergency savings is amazing to have, especially when your dog eats chocolate twice in one month. That um, That's what the puppies last time that I sold paid for. They paid for Lucy finding chocolate twice in the same month in our house. And we're not irresponsible pet people, okay? We just have children and children do crazy things like eat snacks in their room, put the lid on the container, kick the container underneath the bed, and then forget about it for six months. Anyway, so we are throwing this crazy, amazing birthday party on a budget because Dave Ramsey is amazing and emergency savings is amazing. If you guys don't know who Dave Ramsey is, please just stop the podcast right now and go listen to anything because he like helps you with your money. It's amazing. So I love, I love the creative challenge of what can I do with what I already have? What do I have in my house right now that can be remade or redone or spray painted or glittered to make what I want without having to go spend a fortune on something? I, it's so interesting to me because even when I when I have the little extra to like go splurge on something or like go buy an outfit for the photo shoots, I don't prefer that. I actually prefer looking at what I already have and I go out in my garage and I start thinking about how can I make what it is that I want? What's the what is the the most I can do with what I already have? That means half of my garage is just craft supplies. I don't I don't know where this comes from because I don't know very many people that have a craft closet, a craft room, or half of their garage with crafting supplies. I don't know where these people live. I feel like a magical unicorn that has rainbow hair and everybody else has amazing like platinum blonde hair because I have all of this stuff that's just sitting there waiting and I want it to be there. It doesn't need to leave. None of it's leaving. And even like if like a little flower thing breaks off, I just save it all because you never know if that could be the one piece of a floral crown that I need. It makes me feel like 
uh, just a wondrous woman to be, and I know guys craft too, but I'm just a woman. So we're going to, I'm wondrous woman of crafting amazingness. And, and then I happen to marry the most amazing man who absolutely doesn't mind that everything is glittered all the time. I mean, when we started dating, I would get into his car and on my side of the car, which, you know, I mean, we were dating, so it really wasn't mine at all, but it was mine because I was the person sitting on that side of the car the whole time, the most of the time. There's just glitter from my shoes and my hair things every all over his car. And I look at him and he's got glitter all over his face. This last week when we went to, went to Thanksgiving, I got this, um, I get BoxyCharm. BoxyCharm is awesome, by the way. If you want a code, let me know. So got this from BoxyCharm, this like glitter highlight for your cheeks. And I put it on. And by the end of the Thanksgiving day, he had glitter all over. I mean, his highlight was better than mine by the end of the day. I was like, dang, whatever way my cheek got close to yours was the best way because you're just, it went in perfect positioning. I can't even get that good of positioning and I'm looking in the mirror and he has even better makeup than me. Better hair, by the way, too. He always gets complimented on his hair and everyone's like, oh my gosh, your hair is amazing. And I'm over here like, my hair's literally blue right now, okay? My hair is the most dyed, the most fake, the most fabricated of hairs, and I work exceptionally hard. He just woke up like that. He put some water in his hair and some coconut oil. I'm not upset at all because it's awesome that he has lavish locks, but in any case, he doesn't care that on my table right now, there's a headpiece that I'm making. There's glitter chunks everywhere. There's florals. There's Elmer's glue. Like, and it's, it's, you know, when you're doing a project, it's always in process. It's kind of like a puzzle. You know, if you're going to do a puzzle, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this this weekend. And then three and a half years later, it's still sitting out and it's not even halfway done. That's pretty much what any project or any boss babe like brave babe planning photo shoots that we do that's pretty much what's happening i i handmade this this jacket for us uh greatest showman photo shoot and i handmade my jacket and i made my son's jacket and my daughter's headpiece and her i hand like i handed her dress i spent seven dollars on three outfits and all i bought was stockings i was like yes so i handmade everybody's stuff and um, that stuff was out for days. My husband never complains. I literally have won the husband jackpot. So when he says to me, Julie, I'm not sure about these six puppies, I really should just shut my mouth and listen because he puts up with so much. He puts up with so much. So over the weekend, I'm telling him about this headpiece that I want to make. And I tell him that I need glitter. And so I like, hey, I asked him, I said, hey, will you go to Hobby Lobby with me? And he says, sure. He's not doing it with some agenda, okay? He's doesn't, he doesn't, he's going with me to be a nice, supportive husband. And it's so sweet. And I'm just like walking around Hobby Lobby, the happiest person in the whole world, because we just got a Hobby Lobby in Florida this year. And he's like, well, what about this? And what about this? And, and then later on, we went to the flea market and he's showing me all these different things that I could add to my headpiece. And he is just so supportive. Like it's, it's mind blowing to me. So the fact that half of my garage is craft supplies, there's no way on earth 
I feel like he could have known what he was getting into when he married me. He now calls it the hall women because my mother, my mother's a hall, her, that's her main name. So my grandmother, you know, her garage is just a big crafting explosion. It, it's, it is like a Michael store. No exaggeration. There is more paint in her garage and it's organized and every single color is written on the lid. Like she is the ultra extra babe. And then my mom, we grew up with a craft room and a craft closet. So when it's time to plan a birthday party, I'm thinking, what do I have in my garage right now? So I'm, I'm planning decorations. I'm hand making decorations that are going to be hanging from the ceiling. I'm hand making other things that I can't tell you just in case she hears this podcast, but after the party, I will tell you that's what I'm doing right in the middle of having six puppies. And let me tell you, I also still am running a business and having two kids. So this is the point where I realize I'm that person that goes to the party and walks up to the food table and way overdoes it. You know, this is an analogy, so stay with me. You see the amazing hors d'oeuvres and you just pile your plate on and about halfway through you're thinking I have overdone this I have way way overdid the amount that I could possibly take on in this moment of eating that's what I've done this week and um I always do this this is this is something that I'm learning about myself self-awareness is really important in life And especially if you're writing a business, my goodness, knowing yourself. In the writing course that I'm making right now, this is a whole section. Like being aware, getting to know who you are, what are you about, what are your strengths and your weaknesses. I always think I definitely can have six puppies and plan a birthday party and hand make multiple elements for this party while taking care of six puppies and also being a mom and doing all those things. This is like, in my mind, it's completely logical. And then I get into it. And the only thing that I can think is I will do this. I am no quitter. I will not quit. I will do every single little thing that I wanted to do when I started at the beginning of this. I don't know that this is a good thing. I don't know that this is a good thing in anyone. I think that there's a time that you kind of raise the white flag and you're like, I surrender to my own, my own ridiculousness of thinking that I could take all of this on. My husband and I actually came up with a way to help protect me from my own yeses. And, and, oh gosh, this is, I'm so glad that we got here. I'm so, just get, get your, get your tea ready because I'm just spilling the tea about myself today. It got so bad that I was saying yes to so many different things that I didn't want to do and that didn't make me happy. And I'm not talking about this week, like this week doing the party and decorating and making floral crowns makes me exceptionally happy. Um, the puppies in general, they make me happy. Cleaning up after them doesn't make me happy, but you know, anyway, 
So it got so bad that I I was being asked by so many different people in my life to do different things, whether it was ministry or friends or whatever. I was being asked so much. And when somebody's standing in front of you and you feel the emotion in their voice and you feel the urgency of what it is that they want you to do, I would just start saying yes. And so I would find myself in the middle of doing these things that I didn't want to do, that didn't make me happy, but I had already committed to doing it. And then to make it worse, I would go places I didn't want to go, to parties I didn't want to be at, to go hang out with people that I didn't want to spend time with because I felt like I should do it. I And because they asked and then I committed. And It created such an internal turmoil in me that I would get so frustrated and I would tell Andre like, oh my gosh, I'm doing this. I don't want to do it. I shouldn't have said yes, that I realized I had a problem. I had a yes problem. I had a saying yes problem. And so we came up with this rule that I would no longer say yes to something until I had one, time to think about it, and two, time to talk to Andre about it. And along the way, I heard somebody say that what they started doing in their life was they started um, they started speaking to their spouse about different things they would commit to because they realized that if they were committing to something, it was really going to take time out of their connection. And when I heard that, I was like, yes, that's exactly what I feel like. Everything that I say yes to, I'm saying no to something else that I really would rather be doing. So instead of just saying yes, I'm going to ask questions and then I'm going to put up a boundary of time to give myself a lot of time to think about it and think about the time commitment and all that kind of stuff. And it really, really, it really helped me, help protect me from just like over yesing, like just because I want to be at this Wonder Woman and I wanted to make sure and make everybody happy and I wanted to do everything that everybody wanted me to do and everybody, you know, everybody had ideas of what they thought I should be doing. And so I just felt like, oh, I really should be doing that because they think I should be doing. No, I no longer do that anymore. There's no more of that. And let me tell you, it is so incredibly freeing. Oh my gosh. Boundaries for yourself are so... I just feel like I just need to breathe right now. It's so good. It's so good for your own self. What is it with women and moms and sisters and friends and creatives where we get to this point where we, it's almost like I got to a point, I'm going to talk for myself. And if you relate, like I'm like, I'm with you. And if you don't, that's okay. Maybe you can learn a little bit from my story. But I just felt like I'm a creative and creatives, creatives, um, create and craft and it doesn't cost anything. It's it creatives can imagine and give ideas from their mind. And so it doesn't feel like it costs anything because it's like ideas and energy and all, all these things that are great that are there for other people. I really believe that my gifts are in me for the people around me. It's not just to build me. It's not to build an empire for myself. It's to give and give back to the world. And that's what I believe about, about my gifts and other people's gifts as well. Like we're given our gifts for the people around us. And so being a creative, I just felt like I should be at the disposal of everyone around me because I believe that my gifts are for other people. And what would happen is I would start being used for my gifting. I I would have people see my gifts 
and look at how they could benefit them and then essentially use me unbeknownst to me or sometimes halfway through I would realize this is what's going on to essentially benefit them so it wasn't about building a relationship between us where we're working together it was more so I don't know how to do what you can do and I need what you can do so I'm gonna put a demand on you to fulfill something in my life to fulfill you know some kind of idea I have for you in my life because I need what you have and it wasn't um it didn't feel like it was an active participation of an exchange of, is this going to work for you? Is this too much for you? It was just, I need what you have here. Come alongside me so that I can benefit from your gifting. And as somebody who's an encourager and as a creative, oh, I have gotten used so much. And I don't think people were ill intent. Like, I don't think they had an ill intent. Like, I don't think they went into those situations, like I'm going to use her on purpose. I think it just happened subtly and I didn't have enough like awareness and discernment and all my own value for my own giftings to realize, oh my gosh, this is what, this is what is happening. And at the end of the exchange, I would always feel incredibly drained and it didn't make sense because I love doing, you know, different things and, you know, using my creative energy for people, but I realized that the motivation behind it, if the motivation was skewed, it would often put a way greater demand than what I was willing. And so it was almost like the demand was going against my own will and my own desire. And that internal conflict created a complete energy drain. I don't know if you need this right now. If you need to hear this, I'm so glad that I'm talking about it because I feel like this is this is not this is not um uncommon in in women. I mean, creatives, you know, we feel this in a different way. Even if you don't if you're not a creative, if you're a woman, I feel like women have this happen all the time because we are such givers. Like women are innately nurturing. Like we carry this nurturing part of God in us. So we're always wanting to take care of other people. But what happens is we overextend ourselves because we see the lack in someone else's life. Somebody else sees the lack in their life. They put a demand on us to fulfill that lack. And then at the end of the day, we are completely drained. We have nothing left. And we do this for years. And, and we deplete our own family, our own nucleus of our home, our own children are, are in need of us sitting down and playing games with them or just goofing off or being playful or being ridiculous. Last night, side story, last night, um, Laylee and I went to the store to get dog food and we had the most incredible time. We were playing around. We were laughing till we were crying, both of us. We were laughing so hard. We could barely walk straight. And I realized this is what, this is what life is about. Life is about these moments. Life is about these moments where, hey, we have to run to Walmart real quick for one thing. We can have fun. We can make it fun and amazing. But when we're so drained because we're giving so much to other people and we don't have boundaries in our life and we don't have those walls up to protect us and ourselves, we will end up totally and completely drained and unfulfilled and unhappy. And I was doing that for years, for years, because I felt socially obligated or religiously obligated. All those things came into play, uh, relationally obligated. 
And I realized, wow, I don't want people spending time with me because they feel relationally obligated. I want them to spend time with me because they really want to. So if there's people in my life that I love and that, of course, I love them, but we don't click or that I, I just not, you know, it's just not the relationship that I want to have, it's okay if they're not super close. And especially if they're they're putting a greater demand on my gift that's taking from my family or my own fun and my own creative fueling, then there needs to be a boundary. And I I was never told this like growing up. And I feel like as women now especially, like people especially like it is so incredibly important that we take care of ourselves. Oh my gosh. If you if you listen to the podcast about what happens at the hospital, stays at doesn't stay at the hospital, listen to that one cuz this is like right along the lines of that one. If you are not taking care of yourself, you're not going to realize and know what you actually want to do with your life and your heart and your time. And so if something shocking happens or if your life takes an unexpected turn, you're going to realize, oh my gosh, there's all these things that I wanted to do that I didn't do. And I was doing all these other things that didn't make me happy instead. And Andre and I were just talking about that this weekend. I'm going to like open the door again. I'm going to let you in again to the deeper parts of my heart and my life because I feel like I wish, I wish, I wish that two years ago, I had listened, I'm like, I'm getting teary-eyed. I had listened to somebody say these things. I wish that I had heard a podcast or I was following someone that said, if you are spending so much time building somebody else's dreams or somebody else's life or somebody else's vision, that you are neglecting your family, your extended family, the the things in your heart that are in you, for you, for your family. If you're building somebody else's more than you are spending time in your own life and heart, it's time for some like come to Jesus, like real conversations to happen because it is not balanced for you to be spending more time building something outside of your home than inside of your home. Like that needs to be a tweet right now. Like dropping it like it's hot right here on the podcast because if you are spending more of your time serving someone else's vision than getting a hold of what God has put in you and what is going on inside of you and what's going on inside of your house and your kid's life and your family and your marriage, you are out of balance. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't be serving someone else's dream. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be giving. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be serving other people because serving people is great and that is what we're here for we're here for other people but if you are so out of balance that you cannot you you have no hobbies no dreams nothing you literally have nothing but building somebody else's stuff you are out of balance i'm telling you that because andre and i got there and we got there so subtly and we had no idea and it got so bad that i couldn't even describe who I was or what I liked anymore because I was so focused on something else and it got so out of balance and God graciously plucked me up and said be still and figure yourself out because I can't be the mom that my kids need to be without knowing myself and without fueling myself and without doing things that make me happy and doing you know even if it's like going on a walk or going to the puppy store coming over to my house and petting the puppies I mean seriously 
it, you need to do things that make you happy. And I feel like it's so easy for women to get lost in taking care of other people that we forget things like, oh, I really love going out in my garage and figuring out how can I make a headpiece out of things I already own. Oh, I really like creating something out of my house. I mean, my house for my sister's birthday party is getting completely and totally like taken apart. Like all of my decorations are coming down and we're moving it to the bedroom. And I love it. I love doing that. And I love the idea of her coming in and feeling so loved and having all of her best friends here and everyone having a great time. I love that. And I didn't, didn't remember I loved that because I was so busy with life and doing other things. And gosh, I just, this is just part of my heart now. You know, when you walk through those times where something just cuts you so deep because you didn't see it, you didn't realize it, you didn't know what was going on. This is one of those things for me. And this is one of those things that created those years of feeling awful and feeling lost and feeling miserable. And And so I've realized because of those seasons, gosh, I need boundaries. You know, gosh, I need boundaries of saying yes to the things that I'm saying yes to and no to the things I'm saying no to because, oh gosh, I just hit my coffee. That's how flustered I am. (laughs) That's how flustered I am right now. Saying yes to things that are yeses and no to things that are no's. Like that just needs to be a thing so that we have time to like laugh our heads off in Walmart carrying around puppy food because we're being ridiculous and and gosh I just I I hope that that gets to your heart today like I really really do I wasn't even planning on talking about that's just fresh that is fresh for you so that is what's going on in my week and my life and Andre and I are, are having so many just deep conversations and just reflecting like turning off the TV, turning off everything. We sit at our kitchen table and we just talk. We just, and we talk in the car and we're driving different places. We're just talking and like hashing out some, some ways that we went wrong in our immaturity and, and looking at the past weekend, like I had to apologize to Andre last night. I was like, Andre, I'm so sorry that I didn't listen to you further about the the work that six adorable puppies would be one is not a big deal one really is really not i mean if i had one here right now i'd be like this is the best ever but six of one the ones is really because you know they all play off of each other it's like having you know six three-year-olds in the room but i i said andre like i didn't listen and i'm sorry that i didn't hear you and this is me you know i i'm apologizing to you and he's like you know he said he said we were we were telling you, but you weren't hearing it. And I said, you know what? The reason why is because I had a certain perspective on from my last experience. My last experience with six dogs was very different. And so those were the lenses I had on. I had on lenses that were completely different. And so I couldn't see because of those lenses. And what's really wild is that So often we see things in life through a particular lens. And sometimes those lenses are stories that we tell ourselves that we shouldn't even be telling ourselves. They're not even, they're not even real stories. They're stories based on fear or there's other things that are happening in our life that, gosh, they're not even for us. They are completely misperceptions of reality. And we're wearing these lenses. And so when somebody comes to the table and they say, hey, you know, we need this or hey, we need that or hey, let's do this. Whatever lens you have on, 
if you have on the lens of, I want people to like me. I want to be a people pleaser. I never want to say no because I don't want people to be mad at me. You are going to position yourself based on the stories you're telling yourself, based on the lens that you have on. You're going to position yourself to be somewhere that's not meant for you that is going to deplete you. Versus if you choose to put on a perspective of, you know, these are my priorities, these are my firm yeses, these are my firm no's. Then when somebody comes to the table, you have a very clear vision of what you can see. I have this idea. Speaking of vision, reminded me. I have this idea. And if you're a movie producer, let's talk. For the worst, terrible story, that would be, and I think about this all the time, and I'll tell you why. I have an idea for a, a horror story. And the story is, you have people who, this is so ridiculous. <laughs> I hope that you laugh at this, how ridiculous my mind is. You have people who wear contact lenses. Stay with me, okay? They wear contact lenses and something happens, something terrible happens. I'm going to take you on the journey of this story. We're talking about vision, so that's why we're talking about lenses right now. They, they are in a plane crash and they, they're, they all lose their contact solution. And you know what happens when the contact solution is gone? Your lenses get really dry. So they have to take out their lenses and they're on this haunted island. So now you have all these people that have a really hard time seeing and they're on this island. I've thought about this every single night that I take off my contact lenses because all I can think about is it feels awful to not be able to see something clearly. I would make alternate choices in my life based on what I was able to see and what I was able to perceive. And like this, this horror story is happening all the time to us and people around us because we have a skewed vision or a skewed perspective of different things in our life. And so it causes us to make crazy irrational choices that are not good for us because we're not seeing the whole picture. We're not seeing the whole dynamic. So Gosh, this, this, this podcast was packed full of good, of wisdom and goodness. I hope that you get something out of these stories of like just stuff like this is raw. And there, there's more kind of extended versions of me processing this stuff on my Instagram because I just feel like the more that we can share stories, whether it's funny or whether it's just our perspective of things and how we're changing, I really feel like that we, we all can get something from each other. So gosh, take this reheat your coffee, re-listen to it, like let it, let it just simmer a little bit because I wish that's like, gosh, I wish two years ago, somebody had told me this. So thank you so much for listening to this whole thing. Like you are awesome. Every single time that I see my listens going up on my podcast, I, I feel so incredibly humbled and honored that you are here listening to me talk about my life. Like I just, I can't even express to you how much that means because I just love it so much. I love it so much. I love hanging out with you. I love sharing my life with you. So thank you again for listening and I cannot wait to talk to you again soon. Have a great rest of your day and until next time, adios.